It's a little embarrassing to admit, especially as a rather physically imposing 20-year-old male college student, but I was afraid, and I had nowhere else to turn but God. I'll tell you more coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to the show that's all about spiritual direction. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, and my name is Patrick Conley. It's a joy to be with you today as we grow in love together for our Lord and His work in our lives. So this would have been back in the early 1990s. I was a college student in Minnesota where I lived in an upper-level duplex in, quite frankly, a really run-down house near the university campus. I lived there with two other guys. The age and condition of the house weren't of much concern to us, though. We just wanted somewhere warm with enough electrical outlets for our TVs, VCRs, video game equipment, guitars, amps, and keyboards. You know how it goes. Well, one particular night, I was home alone. I don't remember where my roommates had gone, but I had come home. I had had a snack while watching some TV, and then I decided to turn in, so I headed to bed. As I lay down, though, with the noise of the TV now off, I could hear the outside wind whipping against the sides and roof of the old house, and she creaked and moaned as the gusts continued to pummel her. Tree limbs, frantically dancing in the wind, scraped against the siding and occasionally tapped my bedroom window. Then the rain started, and before long it was a torrential downpour. And then the lightning and thunder settled in. We must have been near the heart of the storm, as some of the lightning strikes were very close, as the thunder followed on immediately afterward at really a deafening level. Now, generally, storms don't bother me. I would even say that I like storms. But this one had me worried. Nature seemed to be revealing its power to me just on the other side of an old pane of glass. My roommates were gone. This was literally a storm that I had to weather by myself. But then I knew I wasn't by myself. I started to pray, just pouring out my fear and anxiety to God. And almost before I could get my prayer out, God responded, Little one, he said, be at peace. Now, being of significant bulk at that time in my life, I wasn't used to be calling wasn't used to being called little one. That was one clue that it was actually God speaking to me. But immediately after I comprehended these words, God did calm the storm, not the one outside, but the one in my soul. I was enwrapped in a sense of security and peace, and I fell immediately to sleep. Have you ever had an experience like this one? Well, today on the show, we're talking about these types of experiences. We're talking about consolations in prayer, when our loving Heavenly Father meets us with His consoling presence. Joining us as our spiritual director today is Father James Kubicki. Father Kubicki is a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee, and he gives retreats and missions around the country. His prayer reflections, of course, can be heard throughout the day right here on Relevant Radio. Father Kubicki, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Patrick. Good to be with you and all our listeners today. 
Yeah, very good. And happy February to you as well. We're into the second month of 20. I can't believe how quickly it's going by, Father. Oh, my I, goodness. I agree with that, Patrick. It, it, it just seems like we started this new year, and I've gotten used to putting 2024 on different documents. <laughs> and, and here we are uh, already uh, one month, 11 months to go till the new year. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, uh, this is on you, Father, but as I have heard said before, once you're over the hill, you begin to pick up speed is what I is how I understand it. So uh, anyway, that's I, that's only a personal reflection, Father. I don't want to get us off on the wrong foot here, but talking today about consolations in prayer, and you know what? When we're talking about things like consolations and desolations, especially when speaking with a Jesuit, um, I wanted to make sure and acknowledge that uh, this is related to the whole realm of discernment of spirits, is it not, Father? It, it's certainly related to it, uh St. Ignatius, based on his own experience uh, after a conversion, uh, spending months in a cave praying, uh, he noted his different, let's say, interior movements, the movements of his heart and of his spirit. And he also looked back on on his own experience that led to his conversion, uh, was uh, distinguishing how he felt when he read about the lives of the saints or the life of Christ. And uh, he had this deep interior feeling of peace contrasted with uh, he would feel excited reading stories about knights doing battle and other stories like that, kind of the fiction of his day in the 1500s. But those uh, readings left him not feeling bad, but they just didn't have an abiding peace like he felt when he was reading the lives of the saints or the life of Christ. And this is where he came to distinguish uh, consolation, that deeper peace than other feelings we might have in life or in our prayer. Mm, yeah, exactly. And uh, that's one of the things that I think is is important to know. And, and the whole the whole understanding of discernment of spirits, is, at least as far as I understand it, Father, is beginning to identify these different voices. But when we're looking for consolations, we have to be, we have to know what some of the signs of the, the fact that it is actually God speaking to us. So what are some of those reminders, Father, some of those things that St. Ignatius pointed out that these are signs that the Lord himself is speaking and it's not just something, it's either the enemy in disguise or it's just our own, our own self speaking to us. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good question. And in the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius, his little retreat manual, he has a whole section on discernment of spirits. And uh, when he talks about spiritual consolation, he says that it's any interior motion uh, or movement of the heart that uh, where one is inflamed with the love of God. Um, so basically, it's, it's where... Um, our thoughts are less focused on ourselves or on worries or concerns we may have, but where we experience this, this deep knowledge of God's love or awareness of God's love that leads us to love God ourselves. And he said at sometimes this can even lead to an experience of uh, tears, where a person tears up or, or actually uh, experiences tears running down his or her face uh, because not from sorrow or grief, but from um, the joy that is given by considering how much God has loved one. And then he goes on and says, um, the consolation also includes every increase of faith, hope, and charity. Uh, So the theological virtues. 
And uh, I would say that's what you experienced in uh, as as we began the show here. Yeah. Uh, you experienced uh, that sense of God speaking to you to be calm, and that was an increase of faith, you know, faith and mm-hmm. trust in God. So clearly that was a consolation. And then he also says that consolation, one of the signs of it is uh, interior joy, uh, okay. a joy that— attracts one to heavenly things versus a consideration of, of earthly pleasures or uh, joys. And so um, all of those, he says, bring tranquility and peace when, when we uh, are praying and uh, are experiencing consolation. All right. Talking about receiving consolation in prayer today, if you have times that you are pretty assured that you receive consolations from God or you have questions about some something you sensed, some message that you sensed you got and some feeling or sense that you got in, in terms of midst of the prayer and would like to ask questions about it, get on the air with Father James Kabicki, our spiritual director today, by calling 888-914-9149. That toll-free studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Again, the number is 888-914-9149. Or our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, um, but how how then might we distinguish some of those experiences, Father, of consolation with, uh, and, and I know that this is not always so straightforward because we know, well, from sacred scripture that Satan himself likes to masquerade as an angel of light, right? That there is deception involved with the evil one. And we might be even tempted to think that something is a message of consolation when it's actually a trick of the evil one. How can we kind of sharpen our, our skills at discerning between these two? Well, uh, two things there, Patrick. One is uh, to uh, examine the fruits of that consolation. So uh, let's say we feel the Lord is telling us, uh, leading us in a certain direction, uh, telling us, as it were, through those movements of consolation, uh, to do something, and uh, if uh, it leads to greater charity, to an increase of charity, a love of God, and uh, a love of our neighbor, uh, the two have to go together. So if our love of God and this experience of consolation leads to greater love of neighbor, then uh, St. Ignatius would say that is from the good spirit. However, if the experience of peace we're having in prayer, which we uh, initially considered to be consolation, if that leads to uh, a lack of interest in other people, uh, a kind of a judging attitude toward others, uh, where we think now I'm better and we become proud, um, then that's clearly not uh, coming from the Lord, but the evil spirit who's tempting us to think that we are great prayers and uh, we look down on other people. Uh, the other thing that St. Ignatius would say uh, as a way to determine whether it's from the good spirit or the evil spirit is uh, the good spirit, he, he uses a beautiful example or, uh, or image. He says the the Holy Spirit, uh, when people are sincerely striving to love God and are not going from one mortal sin to another, who are not uh, bound into an, uh, an, a very sinful lifestyle— but for someone who is sincerely trying to love God, the Holy Spirit acts like a, a drop of water on a sponge with, with just a gentle uh, appearance and, and reaction in our hearts. Whereas, he says, the evil spirit acts like a drop of water on a rock. Uh, it goes splat, and it, it agitates us and causes uh, 
disturbance. So sometimes we may feel the Lord is calling us to do something uh, more in our prayer, but after a while, what we find out is this um, practice of prayer or penance or uh, whatever it is that we feel God is calling us to, uh, we experience it first as a consolation, but as time goes by, we experience ourselves getting agitated and upset, and it becomes too much, and we get out of balance And following the effects of the consolation through, we can see that that was the evil spirit appearing as an angel of light, tempting us towards something good, but basically leading us down a path that will um, leave us feeling despondent, upset, depressed, and even giving up all our prayer then. Right, right. Yeah. And is is desolation always the fruit of the evil one, Father? Or is desolation just kind of a, a natural part of the cycle of our relationship with the Lord? Well, that's a, that's another good question, Patrick. And uh, when we talk about desolation, you know, we have to distinguish it from uh, just uh, a physical feeling down. It might be because we didn't get enough sleep or uh, maybe the alcohol uh, that we had the night before <laughs> is is making us feel down and and depressing us or right. it, you know it, it so it could be a a physical feeling like that um so a desolation according to saint ignatius is a spiritual movement in which the evil spirit is uh tempting us to uh discouragement to uh, uh look away from and leave uh, the the things that sort of the opposite of, you know, the attraction to heavenly things is what consolation is. Well, it's with desolation, it's, it's a distaste for heavenly things and it's an attraction okay. to earthly things. Hmm. Um, and, and that uh, desolation is a spiritual movement. So again, if one leads us toward God and is an increase of faith, hope, and charity, that's of the good spirit. If, if it leads us away from God and uh, where we feel a decrease of faith, hope, and charity, uh, then that's from the evil spirit. Yeah. Now, again, we have to be careful because, you know, we have the whole tradition that uh, St. John of the Cross helped us appreciate better, the dark night of exactly. the soul. Yeah. And there are people like um, St. Teresa of Calcutta who experienced um, a darkness and an absence of God, absence of consolation. Um, so consolation is not always a sign that we are progressing in the spiritual life, but it can be a way that the Lord purifies us and also invites us to, uh, as in the case of Mother Teresa, unite our uh, interior sufferings with the sufferings of, of others in our world who feel forsaken by God. Uh, exactly. And I'm so glad you brought up St. John of the Cross and the Dark Knight and that sort of thing, because as I... As I once read, and this has stuck with me, Father, it seems like the dark night, God permits these things, and even, not necessarily even the dark night, but just this uh, kind of an, uh, just an absence of consolation, um, mm-hmm. God permits these things in order that we might seek not merely the consolations of God, but the God of consolation is what I remember reading. And that seems to be pretty profound to me that, um, and may, and that's one of the things I wanted to get into, too, about well, why doesn't God just, you know, give us consolation all the time in prayer? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. Yeah, as you, you said before, you were answering that question because God knows 
how addictive we are, that, yes. that we like good feelings, whether they're good physical feelings and comforts or whether they are good spiritual feelings. We like those and we tend to get attached to them. And the Lord can see us gradually seeking the feeling, the movement of the heart, right. the consolation, rather than God himself. So consolation is always a byproduct, and it's not something that we should uh, seek for itself in our prayer. And when we do end up doing that, that's when the Lord, uh, as it were, hides, and and we experience God's absence and in, and in emptiness and perhaps even desolation, which uh leads us to um, a purification. Wow, wow. Um, I mean, that's very insightful, I think, right there. But I've got to say that uh, there is a there is a little bit of a, <laughs> uh, it seems a little bit of a sticking point, especially, well, I don't know, I, maybe it's not any more so today than it has been in any time past, but it seems like today, this is so, um, you know, just the sense of, of feeling, of elation, of uh, whatever it might be, that it seems to be that that's what we tend to seek out all the more so. And uh, sometimes I, I, I will admit, Father, I am, I'm as I'm teaching young kids and those trying to, you know, boost up their whole faith life and that sort of thing, if only they could have this this great mm-hmm. experience emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, I guess is what I'm meaning, with God, then then maybe that would stick with them and help turn them more in his favor. And mm-hmm. but I'm not the one at the end of the day in control. I guess that's, that's what I've got to be. That, that's right, and and that's where again, you know, uh, you bring up a good example that you know a lot of uh, young people might go to a a particular conference in which they're with other young people and they experience uh, a great yeah. sense of of prayer together and consolation. And they wonder why they don't have that all the time, or they come back right. from a kind of spiritual high. And um, and that's where, again, the effects and the fruits of it need to be um, fostered. So it's good to go on a retreat and to be very consoled or to go to a conference and experience a lot of consolation. But we shouldn't think that that's the norm for our lives. And we shouldn't, when we don't experience all the time, uh, that kind of feeling, we shouldn't think, well, that was bogus. It wasn't for real. No, those experiences are for real, but they're not for all the time. It's kind of like Jesus going up on the mountain, uh, Mount Tabor, and experiencing, you know, his transfiguration. Yeah. But then coming with the apostles who wanted to build tents, as it were, to maintain that experience, to uh, continue the experience. Uh, he says, no, they leave the mountain and go back down on the plain and into the battle of the day uh, with the memory of the consolation in their yeah. minds, but but not the the same intensity of feeling. Yeah, I was chuckling because you were reading my mind there, Father. I was going to bring it up if you if you didn't. Yes, that's right. Yeah, go mm-hmm. with us to the plane. Uh, let's go to let's take a phone call now before we go to break. Tyler's calling in from San Luis Obispo, California. Tyler, good morning. Welcome to the Inner Life. Hey, good morning. Good morning to you and good morning, Father. Um, my question, well, I um, read a long time ago in the letters of John how to discern spirits, uh, that being that, well, this was my interpretation that, you know, you have a voice in your head telling you to do something and you physically ask it, you know, whether or not um, Jesus is Lord or not. And I found that the voice responds, that it has mm-hmm. to respond and it says either Jesus is Lord or not. Mm-hmm. And I, um, 
you know, I'm an artist. I, I, I draw and I get an influx of kind of voices when I do that. And I find, you know, if I want to, you know, I create Christian art if I, if I can. And uh, the, the way that I do that is by discerning um, that voice and finding whether or not uh, the spirit is, um, you know, coming from Christ or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if I'm doing it correctly. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and Tyler, uh, when you say voice, you're not speaking of a, uh, an, an audible voice that you hear, but kind of an interior voice or, or sense of what God is saying or inspiring you to say yeah. or do. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not like voices. Like mm-hmm. I hear voices in my head. No, it's not like that. It's yeah. like, um, yeah, just the, the, the thoughts. Yes. That we all have. Right. Okay. And what you're describing comes right out of the first letter of John chapter 4, where it I have it here in front of me. It says, do not trust every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they belong to God, because there are many false prophets who've gone into the world. And in the context of that letter, it's it's speaking specifically of the spirit of the Antichrist. Um, um, but I, I think you're right that um, in, um, uh, I think it's St. Paul, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but St. Paul says um, uh, only the good spirits, only the one who is um, following the Lord can say Jesus is Lord. This is not something that the evil spirit, uh, that the devils can say Jesus is Lord, because in their rebellion, they wanted to be Lord of their lives, of their existence, as it were. So, um, I think you're right, and and that is a good approach to it, um, to, um, you know, uh, as it were, um, bring that phrase, is Jesus Lord, to the, um, the inspiration that you're getting. And if you have a sense that this inspiration is, is able to acknowledge and to confirm, yes, Jesus is Lord, and what you are doing, the work you're doing, is... Um, is um, under his lordship, uh, then I, I think you're right. That would be a good way of, of trusting um, and discerning the spirits. Mm. Tyler, thank you so much for the call. Great question as we're talking about consolations in prayer today with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. If you have times when you have received consolation in prayer, when you have, uh, or maybe like Tyler, you're trying to discern, you know, is this from the Lord? Is it from the enemy? Is it just my own ego speaking to myself? Give us a call. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take our first break, but we'll be more back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Stay with us. Thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. UD's rigorous liberal arts education forms the mind and nourishes the soul to produce graduates who renew our culture. Find out more and access a free guide on choosing a college at relevantradio.com slash udallas.
Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com and the Relevant Radio app. I'm really excited. I hope you are too, because this Monday, the Merry Beggars are returning with their work on the Saints podcast, The Saints Adventures of Faith and Courage. Check it out at relevantradio.com or thesaintspodcast.com. This Monday, you'll start to hear the story of Josephine Bakita. Looking forward to this. And so just head on over to relevantradio.com and look for Merry Beggars or go to The Saints Podcast and sign up to receive these email stories, little snippets from the lives of the saints that are dramatizing them with top-notch voice actors and really making them come to life. It's a really wonderful thing. Talking today about consolation in prayer with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. And uh, Tom, we've got calling in from Tucson, Arizona. Tom, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for having me. All, All glory to God. This is a very consoling discussion. Sorry, kind of <laughs> very good. You know the, the the subjects of the consolation and desolation. It's it's really striking. I mean, I you touched a nerve. It's how often that our spiritual spiritual consolation leads us actually to earthly desolation. So that's the thing we struggle with, right? I mean, whether they're carnal or material or egotistical, whatever our earthly desires are. You know, we can get great consolation and joy, and but that comes with a refining of our earthly life. So we experience desolation of our earthly lives yeah, in yeah. contrast to the consolation of our spiritual life. Yeah, it, it's an interesting distinction you, you make, Tom. And uh, Father George Gans was a great Jesuit priest who uh, uh, helped translate a more contemporary version of the spiritual exercises. And in a footnote of of his uh, translation, he, he says, you know, there are many experiences of consolation that are non-spiritual. And I think that's what you, you're talking about is, is those earthly, uh, worldly experiences of uh, euphoria or pleasure, interior uh, feeling of happiness, um, and that's where you know what we're we're talking about is yeah distinguishing that from um, spiritual consolation. So you know those kinds of um, non-spiritual consolations, which we would call you know uh, physical pleasure or bodily. Uh, comfort or uh, happiness and earthly happiness, uh, those uh, can lead to desolation ultimately if God is not, you know, purifying those as well and making himself the center of our lives. And if we get attached to those earthly non-spiritual consolations. Um, but uh, with spiritual consolation, the the key is that um, it, it always leads to um, those greater uh, acts of faith, hope, and and charity. So um, I appreciate your uh, calling in with that observation because uh, it is important for us to distinguish those interior movements in terms of whether they're uh, spiritual or or more uh, more or less non spiritual. Yeah, excellent point, Tom. Thank you so much for listening and thanks for calling in. I appreciate that. As we're talking about consolation in prayer with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. If you'd like to join the conversation, our number is triple eight nine one four nine one four nine or our email address innerlife at relevantradio dot com. Let's go down to Shelley calling in from Michigan. Shelley, welcome to the program. Thank you for taking my call. Um so my my issue right now is I'm I'm ending a relationship that I know is not right for me and um, I'm trying to get back on track with because I want to do what God's highest will is for me. I'm 
listening to spiritual things. I'm going to church. I'm doing all these things. I have a talent in writing and art, and I kind of avoid it, but I just ordered an easel so I can get back into it because I just don't know. I mean, those are the things that make me feel really good when I'm in a good space, but I get, I always want to know what my purpose and what my will is. And, um, you know, from God. And I've had a couple experiences where I, I wrote a, st- a story and I started writing for like two or three years. And then all of a sudden I was asked to go to Peru. And what I realized was I was in the moment with each story. I wrote about people, got to know them, helped them. So interesting. And story after story led to that. And so I know that that was like a God thing because I was doing something that I loved. And I ended up going with doctors to help people um, have surgeries in Peru. And to me, that was a total God journey. It took longer than I thought, but it was also something that I never expected or thought would ever happen. And so I want to get back on that track and be on my own and figure out what I'm really supposed to do on the earth. And how do I know Mm -hmm. (laughs) what it is? Yeah. Can you answer that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in, in the bigger picture... Um, we're all on earth to learn to live in heaven. Uh, In other words, we're we're here on earth to learn to love God uh, above all. And if we love God above all, then we love our neighbor as ourselves. So we're we're here to learn to love. And um, certainly that experience that you describe of of going to uh, Peru and and working and serving others, and, uh, you know, that would be... uh, learning to love, an act of charity. So that's, you know, part of your ultimate goal. Your purpose in, in life is is to get to heaven. And uh, and you do that by loving God and loving others. Now, the specifics of that um, are, are where the discernment comes in. You know, what you're uh, struggling with right now is, okay, how do I do this? What What's the way that I will best love and serve God and my neighbor and um, and that's where uh, it's it sounds like you know in you're in this kind of in between moment, moment moving from something to something else, and uh, and that's can feel um, oh very uncomfortable because we we like to know things we like to know where we're going we like to have um, a surety of something, but one of the great images in the scriptures is Israel on their way from slavery in Egypt to the promised land, and they're in the desert. And um, it was difficult. They had to learn to trust God one day at a time that there would be manna there. And uh, later, when they did arrive in the promised land, the Lord said to them, uh, you know, it was when you were uh, journeying and and feeling lost and uh, waiting, you know, to, to get here, uh, and to know where you were going, it was at that time that I was closest to you because I was holding you in my arms and carrying you. So my advice would be to, um, and what's most important is is to pray each day and uh, pray, Lord, all I want is to do your will, but I don't know what that is. Show me how I am to live out uh, my life now so that I uh, will be with you forever in heaven. Show me the specifics of what you want. And if if I um, end up choosing um, a path that is not your will, please 
hit me over the head and make it clear <laughs> that this is not what you want me to do. But because I'm like Israel in the desert, I need you to carry me and I need you to to lead me. So I think uh, putting the ball in God's court, as it were, and saying, Lord, you have to show it. Show me. Uh, I'm going to try to take one step at a time as best as I can, but I need your help. And, and then to ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide you. That would be my advice, Shelley. Yeah. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you for the question. Excellent. And I think in this life of discernment, most of us are at that place at one time or another and usually repeatedly, right? And Father, one of the things that draws to my mind is, are consolations something we should be looking for f- to confirm in us that we are doing what God would uh, what God would will for us, or are they do they tend to that's not necessarily doesn't necessarily follow on? No, I I think uh, Saint Ignatius would say um, that after you make a decision, you look for confirmation of that decision through that abiding sense of peace and yeah. uh, consolation that okay. confirms the choice you've made. Uh, he would also say that it's it's okay in your prayer life uh, to seek devotion. Now, St. Francis de Sales uh, is a, you know, uh, introduction to the devout life. He's a, a great saint uh, who speaks a lot about devotion. Devotion, I, I equate with that kind of those movements within our hearts that increase our love for God and, and uh, faith, hope, and charity. And um, so it's okay to seek those things that foster our devotion to God, that lead to consolation. Always aware that we want to seek God who gives the consolation and not simply the good feeling. Yeah, 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 exactly, right. And that may be your, I think you're anticipating a question to an email that's come in, Father. Uh, Adelaida writes in and she says, I've been experiencing multiple problems. I've come to the point that I don't feel any comfort or help from the Lord. What could I do to start trusting more, uh, trusting him more? Mm. Well, it's, you know, I, I think of, uh, all the virtues, whether it's trust or patience or charity, um, they are, are not things that come out of the blue uh, so, for example, if somebody desires greater patience, God is not going to take away the the things that uh, lead one to feel impatient. If one is seeking greater trust in the midst of problems, it's right there in the midst of the problems that mm. trust is being uh, uh, called. Uh, one is being called to exercise trust. So the virtues are like spiritual muscles, and when we experience being overwhelmed by problems, uh, you know, my uh, advice is to look on that as an opportunity to exercise trust, to make acts of faith, hope, and love, to make an act of trust. The surrender novena is a beautiful prayer that can help one uh, surrender one day at a time. But um, the, the question always is, if you're experiencing certain problems, you know, what's behind those problems? Um, is is there something deeper going on that is causing the problem that you need to address? So that's where discernment comes in as well, that it's not simply a matter of avoiding problems, but of saying, okay, what's causing this problem? Is there something in a relationship? Or let's say it's a health problem. Uh, are these things that uh, I can address in another way. Always keeping in mind, I think uh, the great 
serenity prayer, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the wisdom to know the things I can, and the wisdom um, to the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So I I think that's another great prayer to bring to uh, our lives when we're experiencing problems. I love that, Father. I love that the virtues are like spiritual muscles. And yeah, any time that I have subjected myself to the to working out in the gym, yeah, mm-hmm. the next day I'm pretty sore. But I know that that soreness in my muscles are, you know, it's a sign of their growth, which is, uh, yeah, I think that analogy works pretty well. So thank you for that, Father. Adelaide, I hope that's helpful. Thank you for emailing in. Let's go now to Bev calling in from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hello, Bev. Thanks for calling the interview. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, I was been listening and um, I think what I wanted to give is a testimony to the um, consolation found with Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist and adoration and share that um, in my own life I've suffered abuse. There's been times when I'm a cancer survivor. There's been times when uh, my kids were growing up and they were being bullied or other situations would come. And thanks be to God for the gift of knowing where to go because there was no answer on the earth for some of the things that I was trying to deal with by myself. And sitting in front of the Blessed Sacrament or going to um, Holy Communion more often um, is its own consolation. And it didn't relieve the suffering, but I could sit and cry. I could be comforted by our Savior. And your last comment about muscle, muscle, like growing muscle, mm-hmm. I, I would just say to people that that's what Eucharistic adoration is, right? You can't even think about a holy hour. Um, you just have to kind of go slow and get into it. But I just was listening, and and when you every time you said consolation, I kept thinking of Jesus Christ and the Holy Eucharist. Wow, Bev, thank you so much for that uh, testimony because um, it's it's really helpful for for all of us and for our, our listeners to to remember that our Lord is is present there in the Holy Eucharist, and we can come to Him and. Um, unburden ourselves and uh, simply be in his presence. And I I love, you know, one of our recently beatified saints, the saint of the the millennial saint, the first millennial saint, um, blessed Carlo Acutis, uh, said that when we sit in the the sun, uh, we uh, get tanned. When we sit in God's presence, our Lord's presence in the Holy Eucharist, um, something happens as well. Uh, we are uh, given the Holy Spirit. We're we're uh, warmed with God's love, and that can strengthen us to go out and and face uh, things like dealing with cancer and other uh, situations. So, uh, Bev, thank you for that testimony about the uh, importance of Eucharistic adoration. It's always a great reminder, Bev. So grateful for that. And uh, hopefully you, as well as many of our relevant radio listeners, are hoping to join us at the National Eucharistic Congress to adore Jesus right there, as you just said, Bev, in present to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. We're meeting together in Indianapolis this July. I hope you can come and join us. Check out Father Rocky's Eucharistic Encounter videos and travel packages for the National Eucharistic Congress at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. 
We're going to take our next break here on The Inner Life, talking about consolation and prayer. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, the number here is 888-914-9149. And our spiritual director is Father James Kabicki. We'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. Big thanks to our sponsor, the University of Dallas, the Catholic University for Independent Thinkers. Hurry now to compete for five full tuition scholarships at UD, a leading Catholic university. Apply by February 14th for eligibility. Go to RelevantRadio.com slash UDallas. That's RelevantRadio.com slash UDallas. back to the inner life here on relevant radio my name is patrick conley my thanks to nick sentovich who's producing our show today thomas engesser on the phones for us as well we're less than two weeks away friends from the beginning of lent and i'm just betting you want a transformative lent this year for you and your family right well why not watch father rocky's lenten lessons on the mass for bite-sized glimpses into every prayer and word from the sign of the cross to the final blessing yeah, these great insights into even the minutia of the Mass. Get these free video lessons every day of Lent from Ash Wednesday to Holy Saturday straight to your inbox, sponsored in part by the National Center for Padre Pio. Transform your 40 days with 40 lessons and with Father's weekly Eucharistic encounters. You can find them all at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Well, again, we're talking about consolation in prayer today here on the show with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. And uh, if you have ways in which the Lord has consoled you in and through prayer, if those consolations have meant much to you discerning God's will or to living out a more rich and robust spiritual life in the Lord, then give us a call and tell us how that went. 888-914-9149. Maybe you have questions about whether something is or is not a consolation from the Lord. 888-914-9149 is our phone number. Life at relevantradio.com is our email address. Father, it seems like uh, I know people, and uh, I, I'm not being disparaging here, but um, I, I know people who are seem to be always up. Um, up with God, so to speak. In other words, that they are um, just always seem to be on a sort of spiritual high, and it's very rare to see them in in the doldrums, and even in you know, even in what I would consider to be a more natural kind of flow of the emotional life. Um, I guess what my question is is, um, are they? really receiving the consolations of God more frequently than others? And if so, I mean, is that something that we should strive for? Or are people, does this have more to do with things like personality, um, perhaps the deep abiding, or excuse me, fruit of the Holy Spirit being joy, which we also talked about just yesterday on the program, for instance. Um, Yeah, so what about consolations and just kind of spiritual high that people sometimes get on? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a very good question, you know, Patrick. I I think uh, you're right. You use the word personality that some people, oh, I know there's uh, the four different personality types. I forget the phlegmatic or, you know, and and so some people just tend to be more uh, positive um, in their outlook on life or um, just have have a more upbeat uh, personality. Um, And so that can be part of it. I think it can also be um, the afterglow of consolation, you know. And so uh, I would say a person may, you know, have a a rich 
deep experience of God's presence and love in their morning prayer. And then that sort of carries them through the day. So they, they're not, I would not say they're experiencing consolation throughout the day, but they're experiencing the, the afterglow of that. Right. Um, and I think one of the, the keys, uh, you know, um, in, you know, whether or not one could trust uh, someone who is uh, so positive, optimistic, upbeat, um, is always, you know, is there humility? Uh, humility is, is one of the great benchmarks for authentic spiritual experiences. Because if a person in their uh, feeling very positive, optimistic, upbeat uh, all the time, if if they look down on others or uh, say mm-hmm. to others, why don't you feel this way too? And, and uh, almost get into a kind of um, mode in which they are criticizing others for not feeling the way they do. Well, that that's, you know, not uh, exercising humility. So uh, if the person is grateful and, and let's say humble and doesn't show off in, in their uh, uh, upbeatness. Yes. Um, those would be signs, I think, that it's authentic. Okay. Yep. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense to me, too. Once again, it comes back to that examination of the fruits. All mm-hmm. right. So um, that, that's really helpful, Father. Thank you for that. Let's go back to the phones now. John is calling in from Portland, Oregon. John, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I want to say, Father Kavicki, thank you so much for your daily reflection. I've been listening to Catholic Radio here, 88.3. I want to say since 1984, 85. Yes. Um, and at night, when you re, um, when I review my day, um, I go through what you had taught me how to do. And so um, I've told so many people about you and about your ministry, and uh, I just wanted to say that that's been so consoling to me having that uh, prayer that you, you know, mm-hmm. go over your day and you know, you know what, usually what I'm talking about. <laughs> so right, wanna, right. Yeah. 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 So there, there was some years ago, I, I think uh, before, um, it, I don't know if it's KBVM, uh, but it, it used to be the radio station in Portland, Oregon, that uh, now it's under the relevant radio uh, uh, banner and uh, but years ago there was the evening review uh, that was played every evening I think uh, on on that particular radio station and uh, at Relevant Radio some years back we offered it as a premium uh, as a CD that people could use so mm-hmm. I'm glad you're still using it John and I'm I'm glad to hear that it it has helped you uh, in your own spiritual life and I yeah. appreciate the feedback thank you. <laughs> Always glad to hear from fans as well of our spiritual directors, John. So thank you so much for calling in with that, for that bit of encouragement. And um, and I guess maybe that's an actual uh, place to go to, Father, is that the consolations of God, um, now we're talking about in and through prayer, but let's let's bring in the community here too, right? The role of the church that uh, God often consoles us through through others, does he not? Oh, definitely. You know, we uh, since... Uh, God became flesh. Uh, that's how God works is through other people. Uh, each of us are made in the image and likeness of God, and especially those who, have, who are baptized and part of the body of Christ. You know, this is the way um, the Lord enters into our lives and and is is a part of our lives. Um, Saint Paul learned on the road to uh, Damascus when he was still a persecutor that. Uh, Christ and his church are one, 
And he wrote about that then uh, in 1 Corinthians, where he talks about the body of Christ. So certainly the way we would expect to experience consolation is also in the community. Yeah. Uh, we experience it alone in prayer, but also uh, in and through other members of the body of Christ. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Let's uh, do one more phone call here. Carl, we got time for you. Carl's calling in from Dallas, Texas. Carl, welcome. Uh, thank you. I <clears throat> have felt some you know, strong consolation. But at the same time, in that acceptance prayer, the acceptance of things that cannot change, I have mm-hmm. a very difficult time with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have a will to do that, but I don't really feel I do that very well. And I want to get some advice. Yeah. Well, that's, um, that's where um, the trust comes in. That's where um, many things that we, we feel we can't accept uh, because or that we want to change things um, uh, and, and we find it hard accepting those things we can't change. That's where I, I think, again, it comes down to exercising that spiritual muscle of, of trust. Um, and we, we can't do any of these things without God's grace. So asking for the grace to to live that serenity prayer and to live uh, that acceptance comes in. Um, often when we're experiencing suffering, um, one of the things I try to go back to is the uh, fifth station of the cross where Saint, uh, where uh, Simon the Cyrenian was, was chosen to help Jesus carry the cross. And I think uh, the image of him carrying the cross he is closest to Jesus in his own suffering at that moment when he's helping carry the cross. And so if we can look at our own crosses, the things that we would want to change but can't, um, and to, to try to join that to the cross of Jesus and imagine it as helping Jesus carry his cross, um, that can be a way of, of helping us surrender and trust and accept. Mm-hmm. Carl, excellent question. Thank you so much for that. And uh, again, something that I think many of us face too, exactly. So thank you for the phone call. We've been talking about consolation in prayer today with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki. And Father Kubicki, I think uh, before we ask for your prayer, for your blessing, excuse me, in about a minute here, any particular advice for, I mean, I I don't know that uh, consolations are something that, that come on our time. I think that that's something that comes on God's time. But yet we want to be open to them, of course, when they come. Um, and the, any any particular ways that we should rightly regard consolations in prayer? Well, I, I think being disposed, you know, that we would make ourselves available to receive the consolations. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, using prayers, uh, books, uh, uh, perhaps uh, stories of the saints, things that, that we know will bring us peace and strengthen us. Uh, it's okay to look or consolation through particular forms of prayer that we have found helpful. Uh, for example, when uh, uh, Bev called, or uh, yes, I believe it was Bev called in and talked about the um, Eucharistic adoration yeah, and finding yep. consolation there. I think wherever we make ourselves available for the Lord's gift of peace and consolation, he is pleased with that because he wants us to be at peace and he wants us to experience the increase of faith, hope, and charity. Yeah, exactly. Father, very fruitful conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today here on The Inner Life. May we have a blessing from you, please? Most certainly. The Lord be with all our listeners and our families and friends. And may Almighty God bless us, keep us always close to his sacred heart. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father James Kabicki has been our spiritual director today on Consolations in Prayer. As always, if you'd like to re-listen to any part of the program or share it with others, you can find us at relevantradio.com slash innerlife. Coming up tomorrow on the program, we're going to honor the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord with our spiritual director, Father Emil Fajardo. I think there's going to be a lot of things that we can take away for our own spiritual lives from a little meditation on that. Coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice and the Mass with our celebrant, Father Mark Malezova. Till next time, grace and peace.